listen to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. They're wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking back the under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the work together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking back the under pressure, yeah. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Cree Robertson, alongside my soundman extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we've stepped back into the studio for episode 256. Welcome back, everyone. Yeah, what's going on? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, what you getting into this weekend? Uh, not much. I didn't actually get to see anything new this weekend. I was pretty much uh, focusing on getting my witch to a new tier in POE and kind of oh, shit. getting ready to gear a new character. So Nice, nice, I haven't really nice. I have seen anything since last week. That's what's up. Yeah, I remember, actually, Witch was my character in POE that I first started with. Uh, I was uh, a summoner witch, of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. Gotta get the skellies on, on tap. Yeah, the skellies are pretty dope. They have some pretty dope summons, too. They introduced a, a Reaper summon that actually consumes other summons to power up itself. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, it, it's pretty cool. I fucks with it. Sacrificing your minions is always the path of power, baby. I mean, they're more or less infinite <laughs> anyway. As long as you got corpses, you got minions, so may as well. Gotta keep killing. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah, man. So I uh, we could definitely chat about. Uh, I chat, I caught Obi Wan and boys. I, I watched a, bu- a bunch of stuff this weekend, but yeah, nice. we can start out with those two because uh, I caught Obi Wan. Uh, it's it's still middling to me. I don't think it's gonna it's gonna swell into any grandiose finale uh, that's gonna wow me. But you know, it, it's got its production end. You know, it's it's doing its thing, but uh, it's very predictable. Mm-hmm. The story is, 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 yeah, we know where it's all going. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'm following along for the ride. No, it's nothing egregiously bad. I'll give it that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, there was a, I thought that there was one scene that was kind of funny where he was running from the water and she was closing the blast doors behind her and that nigga made it through without a drip of that shit coming in. I was like, come on, man. Not even that. Give Not the man a splash, that. bro. He dove all the way through and, and came up dry as fuck. I was like, all right, must have had the force like Gangster, bro. Like, <laughs> press his clothes before he got, before. Remember, remember, because he dived under and yeah. then came up through the doors and shit. Mm-hmm. And when he walked through them doors, my man's was dry as fuck. Upright and all, man. Didn't look like he had to scramble at all, man. Smooth. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. See, when you're underwater, the forest can actually give you a little protective force field so that you don't actually get drenched. Perfect. It all makes sense. But yeah, man. So yeah, I mean, it, it's wrapping up. Um, nothing really stuck out of this episode for me. Um, uh, Vader. Force choked the shit out of uh, uh, Reva. Kind of rough. I was like, damn, bro. But you know what I mean? She had that little card in her back pocket. She was like, nah, 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 nah. Ch- 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 I'm still on his tail. I'm on yeah, the tail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. She, she only let that whole thing play out because she wanted to see the look on Fifth Brother's face. Ah. You know, he was like, yeah, yeah. Vader will hear of this. And you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Pouting and shit. You mean you going to hear me catching that nigga even though y'all let him go? Philly. <laughs> she was like, oh, yeah, just wait, just wait. You've activated my trap card, Yugi. Damn. Walked right into that bitch. Yeah, I did like that. The uh, uh, for, if nothing else, 
Just I just I just love seeing Reva be confident and win. I just I just like that. I don't know why. Maybe it's because everybody is hating on her in the show, like mm-hmm. and they haven't told me why they're hating on her on her, so it doesn't feel like they have a really good reason to so like, or, or they've said why and we just know it's stupid. <laughs> I mean, yeah, love, yeah, true. Yeah, the, because she's a whatever essentially a mud blood and it was like whatever nigga, we're gonna go fuck. Step on them niggas, Reva, do your thing. Yeah, I know, like then that's the thing is is like Especially in, in, in when you're you know f- battling through the ranks of the of the Sith yeah. or or the Order whatever whichever yeah. they're they're fighting through you you, you gotta you gotta rough. recognize where the power is you know what yeah. I mean there's nothing wrong with being a hater but when the person's more powerful than you you gotta recognize absolutely and they do not recognize her power for absolutely. some reason absolutely you know what I'm saying they just want to get distracted by all the bullshit it's like all right your hate blinds you <laughs> yeah absolutely because while they're plotting on her and like calling Vader after the fact is shit she's out here got plans on plans hey, listen you could plot against other niggas but it better fall in line with the overall you, you know i mean me? goal exactly. of, the, uh, of of the the order or else your, your plotting is only going to lead to your own demise and i only got one goal catch kenobi <laughs> yep and because that's and that's the one thing that he tasked her with so yo like, if y'all niggas get in the way of that i can kill you in the catch way of that kenobi <laughs> as yeah she she is quick with it too she don't play that she don't play that. I, I was ready to see them torture uh, little Leia, though. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I was, I was like, that. I was like, yo, you gonna blind this chick, bro? I was I like, was... what does that machine even do? It just looks sinister. I know that shit. Yeah, I was like, yo, nothing good can come of this for that <laughs> right? girl. I don't know what that does, but I feel like I don't want to find out. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that the, the, it's 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 building to something. Yeah, I mean, I I did like Leia this time, this episode a lot more than I have previous episodes. I got to give it to her that she didn't break under the torture. Yeah, she was like, "I'll never tell you." Like, like, yeah, yeah, all right, all right. She's like, yo, what is this a staring contest? I was like, I see you, Wadi. That's what you do. Feel me? Especially after I watched the boys and that nigga A Train sold out like a bitch. <laughs> I mean, no, no, no episode four spoilers yet. I haven't seen that oh. one. Oh, you haven't seen that one? I've only seen episode three. Oh, oh, okay, okay, my bad. My bad. No spoilers. No, no more spoilers. <laughs> but yeah, that shit was. It, it was. I, I did like that. We're getting to see more, more of um Obi Wan kind of getting into the swing of things. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, he's kind of realizing like it's about balance. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, obviously there was a lot of things that you didn't know about the the um, the Jedi or a lot of things that the Jedi preached that in the end did not serve them well. And yes, you are good to question those things, but that doesn't mean that you have to forsake the entire path and every, you know what I mean? You can't throw out the baby with the bathwater here. Oh, I didn't see it like that. I saw it more like, uh, you know, for people with the force can sense other people with the force when they use it. So because they're being hunted and he's in hiding, he, he hasn't used the force in ages. He's pretty, he's pretty rusty with it. So now he's like, he can't remember like, um, he was sort of practicing it in the episode mm-hmm. and shit like that. Okay. I guess because it, because I, I guess the lore typically is is that they only don't use the force to so that other people don't see them using it. Force users can always sense force users, mm-hmm. like whether they're using the force or not. So the whole thing was to not trigger them to even come to the planet because once they come to the planet, they're going to find you because they'll eventually, you know what I mean? So it's like his whole animosity towards the force, I felt, because I, I felt like there was a, a certain... Um, animosity between him and even using the force even in private in his own life you know what i mean like he had forsaken it all across the board which is kind of like you know i i get why you don't use it in public obviously you don't want to use it to help people um you know willy-nilly because it'll reveal uh it'll 
reveal your your position to the Sith, but even in your private life, I that, mean, that seems. Uh, I can understand that he wouldn't, right? He seems like uh, uh, one of those person that people in in this time where they it's like. Oh, uh, 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 I'm not going to use my powers of flight to like do mundane chores around the house. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, no, it's no, like no. more than that. Like if, if it's important enough to use it, then he would. But you know, for anything in his life, every day to day, probably nothing came up that ever warranted it. Oh yeah, not in the day to day, but even when he was, uh, like when he was trying to defend himself against uh, some of those stormtroopers. It was a situation where, like, yo, these guys, they, you're shooting them with blasters, so obviously you intend to put them down. So it's like, what are you hiding here? You're, you're putting yourself in danger by not doing that. And so it felt like he was sacrificing to his own detriment at times. But I don't but know if that was one, intentional. Though, didn't he? What's that? He's the one, though, didn't he? Yeah. Feel yeah. me? You know what I'm saying? So didn't need it. That's why he used the blasters, because, you know, didn't need the force for you, low level. Mm -hmm. He also no got fucked up pretty troopers. bad. Yeah, he also did get fucked up pretty bad. It, was, it, it, it wasn't unscathed. I mean, you know, it comes with the territory. But, but yeah. I, and more, mm -hmm. mostly I see it as, like, he's trying to be low-key. But I see what you're pointing at that point. If they already know that he's Kenobi, then there's no point in hiding it. Yeah, and so, so I, I, I'm interested to see, actually, kind of what they wrapped on in this episode with the, uh, the tomb. And that it was a Sith tomb. I I don't know yeah. what Not they're going to uncover tomb, with that. Jedi but... tomb, like they're they're entombing the Jedi's they've captured. Oh, oh, is that what they're doing? Because I mm -hmm. thought that um I thought that that was just a, an old Sith tomb that they were uh, uncovering relics from. No, it was um the, it's the Jedi they captured. Remember, he was like going through and he was having like moments with the individual uh, Jedi, like a, a, mm. as he was walking through and seeing the individual like uh, people locked up. Okay, because I was, yeah, I was just going off of what he said when as it was a tomb, um, but yeah, if they're locking them up and they're performing experiments on them, I wonder where that's gonna go. Or I meant locked up, entombing would have been a better word. Okay, I wonder how that benefits them rather than just killing them. Um, I mean, with the force, you never know, like because you know, with the force, death is not the end. So I imagine yes. the Sith would benefit a lot from studying uh, dead Jedi. Yeah, the high the high level ones that have learned how to become Force ghosts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, but it's a, it sucks because it seems like all the ones who were able to become Force ghosts ends up, ended up doing it because uh, uh, Anakin, um, Yoda, uh, Obi Wan, Qui Gon, Qui -Gon was over they all too. became Force ghosts. <laughs> so it's like, damn, they did. I, I, and <clears throat> In the end, we know what happens because we've seen the the movies that that succeed this. But yeah, if that that'll be interesting if this is the Sith's um, attempt at trying to learn the the secret of Force Ghosts from Jedi, that'd be dope. There's a lot of things you can learn from uh, 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 the Jedi with nefarious Sith ways. Yeah, the path to power for the Sith has many many secrets. Film man, with without the boundaries of the Jedi, there's there's. There's tons you could learn. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess I guess I am looking forward to see where they uh where they take that in the last episode, right? Because there's only one more episode left. I believe there's two left. This was episode four this week. I think it was. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because I think this came out the same so, time as four boys. Six. All right. So yeah, that'll be dope. And so yeah, where are you up to in the boys? You didn't see four. Episode three. Oh man. So what was the last thing that you remember? Uh, the episode three ended with um <clears throat> uh. uh, uh Homelander um, forcing, uh, what's her face to make Starlight out with to him. make out with him. Yeah. Gosh, what a fucking creep, man. Yeah. The the number one bad guy. I mean, it, it's he's up there with Thanos for sure. 
like in terms of just terror that he that he causes in the people around him. Oh, and they he really do a little bit more of um a uh, 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 purple man in that aspect. Yes. Yeah, so, well, I'm not saying that they they resemble each other. I'm just saying in terms of good like bad guys that I thought were really well done. Yeah. I yeah. Gotcha. Um. Gotcha. But yeah, the, in terms of uh, the way that he manipulates people, and he does it without any kind of actual direct control over you. It's purely his I terrorism. Mean, you know. His strength is a is a pretty. I was I I would say that his his strength and his past feats of strength would be enough of control. You know what I mean? I mean he may not have to force yeah. you in the moment, but yes, that's my you point. Absolutely he, know that yeah, like yo. Yeah, like, uh, and there's people that he particularly chooses to keep around to torture, like Starlight. Like, he could just, he could end it, and he knows yeah, that, that she's trying that to that do something funny. against him. But no, <laughs> was like, she'd rather go beat him up all, and I will murder everyone. everyone. <laughs> and it's like, damn, dude. Like, and, sure, and you can do that. Did she threaten him in this episode? Uh, in episode three, yeah. That that was his response to her threat. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you... If you um, if you don't if you take chill, away I'm the gonna my... show them the video. And like yes, like, hey, you are correct. All I want is their love and adoration. And if you take that from me, I will kill everyone. And I have a plan already to do it. I've already played it out in my head. I know exactly how I will kill everyone, not just Huey. I will kill everyone. I'm like, goddamn, dude. All right, my man's got it. Fucking psychopath. Like oh, Jesus. No, no, he he's coming to it. He's coming into his stride right now. He just he just took the reins off. Yeah, man, and uh, in he next just episode, realized that the reins could be taken off. Oh yeah, and the next episode he turns it up another uh, a whole another bunch of notches. Um, in this episode, did you see um Butcher versus Gunpowder? Yeah, yo, that was funny. Yeah, Butcher is Butcher is wilding <laughs> out with his use of though, uh, temporary V, as they call it. Right, I was like, damn, bro, you needed to kill that dude. No, no, no. He definitely pummeled that guy already to the point where he was a non-threat. Yeah. I mean, he didn't even need to do that. No, probably not. <laughs> Filming man's gave you all the information that you want. You won completely like, oh. But I, I get what they're doing, right? The whole thing is, like, he's becoming the monster he's trying to destroy. Yeah. I get it. And, and there's, did, did he have a conversation with M.M. about passing on the team? Nah, nah. Okay, um... They, there's there's humanizing points to butcher, and and so they I, I like that it's not one sided. It's not just him, his descent into madness. You know what I mean? Like butcher is is conflicted in his in himself with his use of this uh, temporary V, and uh, and and he's rightfully so, rightfully so. You know, like he's fighting a battle that he can't win. You know, he can't win this battle without without another extreme weapon on his side you know yep. and so yeah this, this this whole hunt for the uh for the uh the weapon that killed soldier boy man it's taken butcher to dark places but that's that's understandable man absolutely you can't you can't beat someone like homelander without evening the playing field in some way and usually you you can't really do that without getting your hands dirty and not to mention like the psychological stress of going up against an enemy that you genuinely don't know if he could pop in at any moment and mm-hmm. be like, gotcha, bitch, bow, done. All of this shit you've been doing, everything you've been, you know what I mean? Like, that's got to cause a huge amount of anxiety in him. And so, yeah, I see I see a lot of the decisions that Butcher makes are decisions of a man under a huge amount of stress and trying to do the best he can with the in the emotionally fragile state that he is in. Because don't forget, he hasn't really recovered from losing Becca you know, he hasn't really recovered from losing his father. 
Like, he hasn't stopped, you know? Yep. And so... As is evidence with the relationship with his son. Yeah, you know? I, I really feel or like... Becca's son, I should say. Yeah, Becca's son. I, I feel like he's um, adoptive to some point. Um, he definitely... I, I, I'm pretty sure Ryan has no interest in Homelander being his father. And so he... I mean, but, you, you know, know, after episode three, though, it's a little up in the air. Because remember, he did, uh, uh, he was like, yo, I don't want to be around you no more. Yes. I don't know if that's going to drive him to Homelander, though. I think that's going to drive him to the government. He's going to rely on Mallory now as the only person that he trusts, and he's going to become very close to her. Um, That would make sense to me. Um, But he is a kid. He he could just say, you know what, maybe I should go back to my father. You know what I mean? Like that's end, another. That's really the only person that can relate to him. You know, I mean, no one would really mm-hmm. understand what it's like being. But he also hates his powers, and so I don't know if he would relate to his father on that level. You know, he yeah. might want to be around humans so that he could have reasons to hide his power. But you know, yeah. But it, the, the, I do see the natural character arc of him. Something mm-hmm. happening which causing him to understand the boons of his powers like right now mm-hmm. yes he does hate the powers for sure oh, but yeah. it seems like they're doing where where if butcher's pushing him away yeah. i see him going somewhere and mm-hmm. to in the direction that would make i think the most interesting one in the end would be him going to homelander and butcher having to repair that relationship Ooh, that, that would be two. i think that would be a really interesting <laughs> um way to go too that would that would because there's there's so many emotional dynamics uh, that, that are at play there you know yeah. um yeah, you get real, um, kind of, kind of like, uh, uh, you know, uh, Butcher is Batman and and uh, Ryan is one of his Robins. You know what I mean? And he's broken that relationship. Yeah, yeah like the the Damian Wayne. Um, yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Dynamic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they, I think the boys, man. I, I I like that in their departures from the graphic novel, they've created a ton of potential. And they've been pretty good at realizing all those potentials because, like, this whole Victoria Newland, um, um, Victoria Newland, that's not her name, um, Victoria, oh, the head popper, yeah, head, head, that's what they keep calling her, so I don't remember her last name, but yeah, Vicky, the head popper, um, yeah, that power is fucking wild, bro. So. I don't, I really would love to know what that power is. Okay, so in this episode, you saw her, uh, with her brother. Uh, yeah, or the, the dude, or the dude that unquote. came from the orphanage. Yeah, bro, like, it's not just head popper, nigga. She's popping all kinds of yeah. shit. Like, whatever she looks at. Dude, that shit's crazy. Dude, that shit was super funny. I dude, was like, Homelander. but that dude is a noob, though. Like, Yeah, he was I dumb, said. dumb. He was big come dumb. I said, like, your friend has a whole new identity, and you're walking into her life, calling her by her old name, and you know her power is to blow shit up? Come you know, on, you know said, what I mean? Dude, did, did, um, did Homelander confront her? Uh, no, nah, no, nah, I haven't seen that yet. That that's an interesting um uh, uh conversation, dude. The it goes down this episode. So all right, we'll move on from this because there's not too much I could talk about without t- spoiling it for you. But definitely, um, if you can watch the next two episodes when they drop because them shit's only the one. Uh, episode four came out on Friday, and that's the one I haven't seen. Yeah, and then there's gonna be one next week. Oh, that's what yes, you mean. next for, Friday. For, yeah, for next um next Sunday. Um, but yeah, dude. Uh. Carolina's been on a stand-up comedy trip, and so nice, nice. Uh, we've been watching a ton. Of, yo, Netflix, man. Netflix is 2022. <laughs> yeah, bouncing back and forth on your Netflix comedy. Bro. <laughs> Assessment. They've got some bangers, bro. Little did I know, I did not know that female Jewish comedians were so underrepresented 
in the um comedy uh scene yeah, because there, there are a couple of them Bill Burr are pretty funny and David Letterman both uh have series where they bring their friends on and they they uh highlight new comedians and they both have had several female Jewish um comedians that are fucking killing nigga I'm talking about nice and 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 they have their own branch of uh, of kind of like raunchy uh female comedy that it, it's not exclusively female but it definitely uh uh it, it definitely speaks to the female experience yeah, because like, like there's one of their uh, voices is uh it is represented in their work absolutely and and like one of them uh, she likes to refer to her vagina as her puss <laughs> and so it's just the use of that word is hilarious for some reason. And yeah, her whole bit in the beginning was she was walking close to the edge of the stage. She's like, oh, look at you. You got the push shot. And I was like, oh, geez. <laughs> oh, funny. man. Yeah, it's it, it, just hilarious. You know, these, these comedians are really on point. So Bill Burr um, did a great uh, beginning uh, set at the beginning of his uh, his his was like an hour special where he did uh, a bunch of people did like 10 minute sets. One of my favorites went on uh, Michelle Wolf. Yeah. She killed it. Um but yeah, there was a bunch of uh, comedians and that was hilarious. Uh Dave Attell and and Jeff Ross showed and did a little roast uh and uh yeah, the David Letterman's is really fun because in each of the shows, like Bill Burr does a lot more lighter, but um in terms of he'll speak to the comedians after their set and just talk a little bit about, you know, yeah, get let them give their spiel about you know their comedy shtick about how they got into the game. Um, but David Letterman does it more interview style. You know, given his background as a as a late night interview host, you know his his uh, conversations are a little bit more uh, probing. But uh, they're really really interesting, and all these comedians have great stories. Um, yeah, man, there is this one. Um, he's a trans. He's a Vietnamese trans Asian comedian, and boy. Let me tell you, he he tells a lot of stories based on his life experience. Or I'm sorry, let me not dead gender her. Um, she tells a lot of stories based on her um her lived experience, and she's like, the best part about it is that no one can steal these jokes. And I'm like, yeah, you're absolutely right. These jokes <laughs> land with really no funny. one else but you. It was pretty funny, but uh, yeah, dude, really, really great comedy on um Netflix right now. And I was surprised at at how much of it came out 2021, 2022. Because I, I was watching generally um in the beginning of the year. And uh yeah, their recent releases have just been pretty on point. Um but yeah, yeah I've and, been looking for looking forward to Bill Burr's new stuff. Because he usually drops one on Netflix like at least once a year. So Oh bro, I'm Bill Burr's the best. One. He will give he I you know what I love about Bill Burr? I, I personally hate when people hit on the mainstream topics of the day. And just rag on the typical jokes, you know, COVID and uh, uh, gun violence and uh, uh, transgender, um, uh, um, like the attacks on the transgender community. Not that those aren't serious things, but since they are so, they're wounds that are still freshly open. I don't really like when comedians just take the mainstream, um, take the mainstream uh, agenda and just push it in their comedy. It's boring. It gets, and it gets super repetitive. But anytime that there's topics that I would generally like shy away from even engaging in uh, comedy on, Bill Burr takes it there and gives a fresh new take. Ah, man, he has a Kyle Rittenhouse joke. Man, just chef's kiss where he takes it, bro. I'm like, God damn it, dude. We're, what goes on in your head sometimes that takes you there, man? It's a, it's a great thing. 
because uh, it, it's it's a masterful working of tragedy. You know what I mean? It takes something that is truly terrible and just just a little bit of perspective and framing makes this shit hilarious. Yeah, Bill Burr is great about that. Yeah, he has one set where he um talks about child soldiers, which it's like, yo, dude, how did you take child soldiers and turn it into something that I'm laughing at? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a talent that he uh that he possesses. Uh, but yeah, uh, what I, I've been uh furthermore watching uh Night Sky, and that show, man, gosh, good show, but that shit is slow, man. Let me tell you. At one point, me and uh, Carolina were sitting down watching it, and she was like, oh, okay, yeah, the, the episode's about to end, so I'm about to go do something else. And I was like, what are you talking about? We're only 15 minutes into this hour episode. And she's like, what? It's only been 15 minutes? I was like, yeah, I know. I know. It feels about 45, but nope, only 15. But yeah, it's a very, very slow show. But boy, man, it's intriguing, man. And the the performances keep you there. The performances really do keep you there, but I will I will say they some of the the characterizations are interesting to say the least. Like there was uh, there was one character, and you know you could tell it's an Amazon production when they framed the person who leaked the deadly uh, information about the misconduct uh, at the the local factory as the bad guy. <laughs> you know it's an Amazon pr- production when you can leak vital information to the public health and you're considered the bad guy. And, oh, yeah, it was so funny because as soon as I saw that framing, I was like, you know, Carolina, they're going to kill this guy. And she's like, no, wait, it's not even that kind of show, bro. Like, people don't just die in this show. Like, what are you talking about? Like, that guy's going to die. Within the episode, somehow this man ended up wandering out onto another planet and dying. And I'm just like, what? How the What? How did he just wander onto another planet and die? It happens. That's what happens when you sell secrets, bro. That that's what happens when you go against when you, when you go against big corporations. You end up on another planet. Consequences. Con- consequences. You fuck with Daddy Bezos. That nigga will shoot you to another planet and let you fucking wander off to your own death. I guess that's the message you're trying to send, right? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but uh, no, you know, not for nothing, man. The the relationship developed between two of the main characters uh played by jk simmons and his wife um irene boy man that shit epic dude epic 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 like whoever wrote that that the history of that relationship man it's really really powerful the way it works and let me tell you man this man jk simmons talk about a dramatic performance let me just the love he has for this woman through all of the shit that she has put him through. Oh, my goodness. And then for him to still hold and say, you know what? Nah, in the end, even when I want to do things to say, hey, you know what? You've been living your life. It's time for me to live my life. He's like, nah, I don't even want to live my life without her. So let me just like, damn, dude, that, that kind of love is pretty epic. You know what I mean? I don't know that love, but maybe someday, you know what I mean? I'll grow into that love. But that shit's crazy. Like this woman, like their their son committed suicide and she was going and she saw what it did to him and she was going to to do the same thing to him and the, the idea that she was so committed to doing that and just sacrificing sacrificing all like the, the selfishness it takes is wild and i very rarely see people who take their own life as as selfish 
But this was one, man, the way they set it up, crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Very emotional. Um, but yeah, Night Sky is a really interesting show. And the, the underlying... Um, the underlying story of the 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 teleportation gates that, that they discover, you find that out in, in episode two, is interesting, but it's definitely the side plot. Like you'd think that that, you know, uh, a, a global network of teleportation gates that lead to other worlds would be like that would be the main story here, but no. They actually managed to take these old people's love story and, and, and make it primary and interesting. So I got to give them credit for that. Yeah, it's Mark of a Good Writing. It's it's like um, <clears throat> everything all wears all at once. That's why I tried I to give that explanation it. because it's like, sure, it's about all this fantastic shit, but really it's it's about a family with issues and how they solve those issues. I really feel like after watching this, I'm going to appreciate that movie so much more now. Like, I'm in that mode now because that shit, I, I dig that. I'm very, I very much like my sci-fi like that now. You know what I mean? Like, just give me the light sci-fi with some good drama on top of it with performances. I dig it. Pretty much. I mean, that that's how I prefer it. Like, if people are having some mundane argument between uh uh uh, uh like roommates or some shit, I'm not really gonna be interested. But if the same shit is happening and one of them roommates got superpowers, it's very much it's more interesting. You know what I'm saying? Very much more interesting. Like, <laughs> you take the exact same scenario, but just add a fantastical element to it, and I'm, I'm usually, I'm usually at least willing to give you a shot. Oh yeah, uh, I'll jump on for the ride. Like superpowers, aliens, Hell maybe yeah. some undead. I've All right, let's see what's going on here. In a long time, man, I haven't seen a good alien movie in a minute. Like, yeah. I remember fucking uh, uh, Event Horizon? That was some gangster oh, shit. Oh, man. Right? Whoa, whoa, wow. I need, I, I need you took it like back, that. my G. Event Horizon was a really good movie. But that's from early 2000s, no? Yeah, it's super duper. Like, yeah, very, very early. Like, I remember it's. I remember they made... Um, Netflix made a movie that was kind of similar. Really? That, uh, that uh, had um, the blonde lady. Yeah, like a bunch of astronauts, th- their ship went somewhere. And then when it came back, a bunch of freaky ass shit was happening. And they found some girl like inside the inside the compartments of the ship. She was like growing inside the compartments of the ship, and like the, there were like tubes and hoses from the ship growing out of her. Shit, it was crazy. Oh shit! Uh, all right, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, maybe I could just. I wonder if I could type it, find it by just typing the Netflix movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> ah, be careful with, bro, man. You gotta be careful what you type into Google, bro. You can't just be typing yeah, into Google all willy nilly. That shit will that turn some fact. some real weird shit, but yeah, um, Night Sky. I, I'm definitely looking forward to the finale. I'll I'll give a a, a rough synopsis of the uh, of the whole series uh, next Sunday after I watch the finale. But it, it it's worth it's worth checking out, man. I mean, I, I can't I can't really laud J.K. Simmons enough for the performance that he put down in this shit because Let's man, go. do I like. I feel connected to his character, and this is—he's just an old country guy from from Indiana, just living his life with his wife, and you know the things that happen around him in this little town, you know. And yeah, he he <laughs> he brings a compelling performance to it. I yeah. I take it. Oh, that movie I, I I was talking about was Cloverfield Paradox, by the way. Oh, Cloverfield Paradox yeah. is that part of the Cloverfield universe? I think so. I want to say. Huh is 
right? I think they tried to loosely connect that to the universe. That would be interesting. Okay. I think I think it's like yeah, I don't remember some shit. I don't know some shit. They're, 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 we got some experimental shit that we about to do in space, and then they do it, and it takes them to like another dimension and shit. I liked what they. I kind of liked what they were doing, where um they built the Cloverfield universe off of the main movie Cloverfield, and then in, in what was it, Thirteen Cloverfield Lane? Yeah, they took a perspective of people who were completely disconnected, so they had none of the information. And, and so like it was that, a yeah. new movie, technically in the same. I, I liked what they were doing there. I just don't think that they landed it nope. because I th- I think for that to pay off, you have to have at you got to bring it together. T- in the end somewhere you know what i mean like you, you're gonna bring all of these disparate parts you if you don't bring them together you just kind of feel like an anthology and not a, a cohesive universe you know what i mean yeah but yeah that's absolutely how this shit feels yo <laughs> i mean apparently don't go watch it because on, on uh, rotten tomatoes that shit is a one out of five what <laughs> But, but I don't trust Ryan. It's higher. I mean, you shouldn't. Did you watch it's higher it? in other places? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. I mean, I did you feel it. like it was a one out nah, of five? Nah, oh, okay, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. IMDb's got it at three out of five, and Amazon's okay. got it at five out of five. Whoa, okay. Common They're sense wild. media's got it at two out of five, and TV Guide has that two out of five. Okay, so, so basically, it's too erratic to take any real. Yeah, I mean, no, I would say right about average, right yeah. about in the middle. Yeah, I, if you it average would it be out. my assessment of it. So okay, say, yeah, I might check out Cloverfield Paradox then. It's pretty interesting. And but, um, my man's Danny, da- David Oyelowo is in it, which you don't see him in enough movies. Uh, I'm not. Uh, who is he? He's uh the, this African actor that he's in. He's in a bunch of different movies. I remember he, he was in um I believe he was in one of the James Bond movies. I want to say. He okay. Was in, um, yeah, I know that comedy about. with uh uh uh. Uh, uh, Charlize Theron, that was actually super funny. Yeah, I- I'm really bad with with names, especially African names. Oh uh, man, my man, it, it, I'm tripping. He played Martin Luther King in Selma. That's that's his oh, okay. claim to fame. That that's Mr. Oyelowo's claim to fame. But he's done a lot of movie, other movies that I've seen him in, and he's, hmm. he's always cool. You know what I mean? I, I always love it when African actors are successful in Hollywood because oh, we don't see enough of them. You know no. what I'm saying? I can literally name like. The five but don't six. get it twisted. African actors are very successful in Africa. Yeah. Like the, the continent of Africa this is, is true. Just patronizes African But it, it's actors nice across. when they're propagated over here. Yeah, internationally. Because yeah. then they usually play non-standard black people roles and it's good for see, people and to see. While typically I I do I have a, a, a little bit of a moral qualm when they grab African and, and British actors to play um, socially significant roles in American culture because typically they do it because they need someone who has no connection to that history to play the whitewashed version that they want to put forth. Now, with that being said, outside of that, I'm absolutely happy to see um, 
UK and and uh, uh, black people in the UK and and Africans get play in the American market because of how oversaturated the American market is globally. Like we dominate their markets, so it's only right that we open up a little bit to having them in our markets to some degree, right? Like, well, yeah, like it, it is. Every time I see Jaimin Hansu in the movie, I get super duper excited. Feel yeah, me. even when he played uh, Shazam, and I was like, Ugh, across all entertainment casting. media, American. Yes. American actors and uh, musicians and entertainers in general flood the global market. So it's, I think that it's important absolutely for us to get actors from the rest of the world back here to feed into the, into the um, global entertainment market to keep it balanced or else it'll, it'll just be the American market smothering the rest of the world's market. And that's not fair. You know what I mean? Like economically, we do need that. You know what I mean? Even though socially we want to be mindful and I, and I hope that actors you know, who come like, like, I like when Idris Elba, when he plays historically relevant roles, he does some research on it. You know what I mean? And and he makes sure that that he's not being portrayed as something that is that isn't historically accurate. And I think that that's important. And that's why I like some um, um, some of these foreign actors coming into the market for sure. Yeah. There's also like a Daniel you know, Kaluuya and John Boyega are two other ones that do that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Diana Guerrero. You know what I'm yep. saying? Um, uh, um, uh, Lupita Nyong'o, Latoya Wright, yep, Letitia um, Wright, Letitia. I'm sorry, Letitia mm-hmm. Wright. Um, yeah. So, mm-hmm. and and so I don't I don't make that critique as if I don't notice of... that it is being that it is mindfully um you know what I mean represented in the in the body of black actors coming from across the seas to America. Um, but yeah, yeah, dude, definitely love to see that, and 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 they're definitely finding their market as more. Um, black directors are looking mm-hmm. for, um, you know, a plethora of actors because yeah. it's not, you know, it's, uh, Jordan Peele absolutely employs tons of American, African American um, actors. So I don't think it's 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 you know, untowards for him to to invite other actors from around the world to also partake in his um, in his productions. You know, it's the same with thing with um, uh, uh, Ryan Coogler. Yeah. You know, yeah. anyone like that. But yeah. That's what's up. So yeah, let's go ahead and hit up some of these here topics. Um, man, it was a funny weekend in gaming. Let me tell you, bro. Like this one, this one I thought was very indicative of why I will never take seriously conversation about racism with Asians who don't exist in America, because. Racism in America is a very particular thing. And Asian people in particular abroad don't understand what it is. They just don't get it. They don't understand the interplay of racism in America. And so they, they very have a they have a difficult time having conversations about it. Case in point. So Super Street Fighter Six is is coming out. Are you talking about man's infiltration? What's that? Are you talking about my man's inf- infiltration? Mm-mm, what do you say? Oh, okay. Uh, he, he pretty much did the same thing. Um, infiltration recently just, uh, he's an Asian um, Street Fighter player. And um, he just recently got banned from a, a pretty big Street Fighter tournament. And one of the reasons was because he was using the N-word. And it was 
pretty much exactly what you said. Like he was just like, oh, I'm not racist, but I could say nigga. You know, he was he was ah, he, like he completely was unable to yeah. contextualize it correctly. Yeah, and understand and, that that's 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 a slur, and you shouldn't say it out of respect. And it's like you know what I mean, like yeah, like the that that context was kind of completely lost. Like I I don't really believe there was any any malice behind no. what he was saying, but it was just like. He just completely missed the point. And, and and what gets me is people who can't understand, like, okay, I don't understand why I can't say that, but clearly the room is saying I shouldn't say Pretty it, so much. let me just control myself Pretty much. and not do that, and then maybe later on I'll figure out why it's bad. But I mean, let me just, in this moment, it, control it's myself. It's pretty simple. Anybody who's had their parents raise them, like, you don't curse in front of your parents, right? It doesn't matter what the Little word things. is. Little things, yeah. It doesn't matter shit. what the word is. You, as much as you want to say it, you can't say it in front of them. You know what I'm saying? I, I still have members, elder members of my family who have never heard me curse before. Yeah. So oh, it's yeah. like, it's it's a very simple concept. I don't know why these people are so obsessed. <laughs> so so this is the situation. And th- this came from from Capcom, unfortunately. So in Street Fighter uh, Six, they announced that they're putting out their first black woman character. Wasn't Elena black? So, of course, the, no, 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 no research shit. Yes. <laughs> so the, of course the 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 community said no, 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 no. Elena is the first black woman character. Um, she was in. You know, Street Fighter long before yeah, she's people love her. What, what is that? Like yeah, she's about? African. She's a black woman. So Capcom says, no, 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 no. She's African. She's not black. And so the community was like, hey, no, no, no. What you meant to say is the first African-American woman. She's not the first black woman. She's the first African-American woman, which would be correct because Elena is African. She's not African-American. But both of these women are black racially. Also, the, the, yo, Capcom refuses to acknowledge that. And they stand on the idea that Elena is not black, that there is no racial controversy behind saying that this African-American woman is the first black woman despite there being an African woman present in their games. It just shows, oh, you just don't understand race, ethnicity. You don't understand any of that. You just don't understand the interplay with it. And there's no amount of you saying, I understand the definition of these words that can show that you understand it when you clearly do not. You clearly don't. You just don't get it. You know what I mean? And it's and, and that's what I try, that's what I mean by it's hard for me to take conversations about race seriously with Asian people because they just don't understand. The social concept of race, ethnicity, and 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 nationality. They don't get those things. You know what I mean? They don't understand the, how society and culture overlap but aren't the same thing. They don't get any of that. For them, it's all the same thing. You're in a society. You partake in that culture. Multiculturalism is not really a thing in Japan, if you didn't notice. Japan's not considered a multicultural environment. You know what I mean? No Asian culture really is considered multicultural. Now, they are multi-ethnic Asian nations, but there's not a lot of, of, of cultural diversity throughout these Asian nations. And so they have a hard time understanding the dynamics of race as it plays out in other countries. And so, yeah, I was like, Capcom, dog. Take the just read the room, read the room, and the community was actually really gentle at first about it. Like, no, 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 Capcom, we hear you. What you mean is she's the first African American woman? 
she's not the first black woman that that would that would represent a certain lack of understanding of race based on the fact that you made an african woman in the games you know what i mean like but to, this, to as far as i'm aware they have yet to to <laughs> to say hey you know yes this is our statement about the ethnicity of this character not that it particularly matters but unfortunately street fighter from the beginning made nation of origin and ethnicity an important part of the game given the way that the fighters were uh, categorized you know mm-hmm. what i mean so like now they're just they're just really sticking their dick in it and i'm like guys guys this is so easy uh just am just, i the one who is out of touch no no it is the children <laughs> who are out of touch <laughs> no it's the children for sure fucking capcom all right pretty sure she's all right for sure yeah, so so Capcom has released its first African American character, <laughs> not its first black character. No matter what Capcom says, you know what I mean? Like, guys, guys, guys. And then you know, moving on from that, you got, dude. Let me tell you, Blizzard is. Let me. They have really done a great job of utilizing the content the trash nature of the content creator community to try to uh, whitewash their fucking, their their reputation. And that shit's sickening. It's sickening because you know what the sad part is? Is that these content creators will tank their own reputations to try to get Blizzard back on the scene. And the community has overwhelmingly said, no, we will not take, you have done nothing to fix the work environment. You have done nothing to make quality games. The quality of the games is still at par or subpar. The monetization of these games is still trash. We don't want to reward Blizzard in any way, shape, or form for what they're doing. And the content creator community is still like, but guys, but guys, if we play their games, they'll pay us. And so it's like, you know, if that's what they're... If that's what Blizzard's idea of making a a, a, a successful video game is, uh, is making a game that content creators take money from their viewers and then take that money and spend it in their games instead of marketing games directly to gamers for them to play themselves. If that's the model that they're taking, I hope they fucking crash and burn because that's the model that they're going with. Because it's clear. Look at Diablo 4, Diablo Immortal. All of Blizzard's current IPs are crashing and burning in the public, and the content creators all are rallying to keep this the, these uh, these games afloat. And it's sad because you like you have to got Diablo Immortal and it's trash monetization. After everyone went, did the math, did the numbers, you still have content creators going on and making videos about I spent a hundred thousand dollars in Diablo Immortal and I didn't get anything. And it's like, but you just spent a hundred thousand dollars. Why would you do that? That is what is they don't care if that hundred thousand dollars came from one stupid streamer. Or from 100,000 stupid kids. They just want that money. And the, str- the content creators are supporting these, these fucking terrible gaming models that people have wholeheartedly said they don't want to play themselves. To the profit of these video game companies that don't deserve it. They're, they're undercutting their own game models. They're, they're withholding content for monetization. And, and they're... 
since they're only caring about the bottom line, all they need is a couple content creators and whales to get on it, and they're good. They don't care. And it's like, well, you know, fine, then. I guess then then that is going to just be one market, and we should make a name for games like that, like a, its own subgenre, and, like, let that be whatever it is, and then we'll have the rest of the games created by people who want to make video games. You know what I mean? Because the faster that we make that distinction, I think it's important because gamers will will choose te- uh, typically to stay away from things that have been overwhelmingly deemed by the community as predatory. You know what I mean? But if the community is encouraging, it's a very mob mentality thing when it comes to gaming. And it's it's partially due to the connected nature of gaming. The fact that we it's not, it's not just you and your friends gaming. It's you and a whole group, a global group of people partaking in this. And so mob mentality ends up taking hold more often than not. Than the, than the typical rationale that you would get in a smaller group of people coming to agreements as to the things they want to do together you know what i mean like a group of friends are a lot less likely to to partake in a shitty gaming model whereas you know a hundred thousand kids are a lot more likely to fall prey to the to the marketing model that's being put in front of them you know and so yeah you know i i think that unfortunately we're coming to a place in the gaming community where the content creation aspect of it is becoming real toxic and and unhelpful and uh that's sad but also i think that it's not it's a particularly shitty business model to begin with yeah i was just thinking it's not just video gaming like um i've been watching a lot of the uh uh um content not a lot but i'm watching some of the content creators that i watch on youtube slowly become more and more like I, for lack of a better word, corporate in order to sort of pease the the algorithm as mm-hmm. opposed to initially when they first ca- uh, started, they were just making good content because they, yeah. it seemed because they enjoyed what it is that they were doing. But now, but I, I don't know, it just, just seemed like there, there are certain YouTubers or certain content creators that once they hit a certain milestone, they they start focusing on the, the loot and nothing else. Like they... They would much rather throw away everything they did before and just well, be I, just sellouts. I, I think it's because these people were they 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 were pretending. The, uh, I think unfortunately a lot of the good content creators that that we appreciated, um, they were good at content creation, but they were particularly they weren't they were vapid people. Like they they their goal wasn't content creation. Like we thought that that's what was. Uh, guiding them to create such compelling content but it really was just their desire to make money outside of the structure of work of general work and once they found a way to monetize and get towards that the quality of the content just plummeted you know and that's and 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 that's something that uh i think is sad only because it shows that they were inauthentic, and I don't like to to partake in inauthentic things. That's just me personally, yeah, you know. I mean, it is what it is. All you can really do is like you know, change with them. You know, once once they change into something that is no longer what you fuck with, keep I mean, on it's, pushing. It's one button. It's you literally unsubscribe. There's always more content creators. That is the beauty of the internet. Yep. Me. You never have to worry. I mean, some. But then again, I'm, I'm used to things not being. I'm, I'm used to the impermanence of life. So I don't. I, whenever something, whenever it's time to move on from something, I I tend to not really hang up on it too much. So. 
You, you know what I'm when saying? it comes like, to things with people i definitely agree i like, i used to fuck with um uh this one one piece uh, uh youtuber pretty hard like every any and not just one piece because he puts a lot of other content but he started with the bullshit and i haven't seen none of his videos in like two and a half months at least and i'm pretty sure i'm not gonna watch any more of his videos ever again you know it's just it be like that sometimes and and it took me a while to to grow past to like the kind of the frustration that you get with them and it's just like ah, it's just it is what it is you have to remember is it's like we live in a corporate world so people Mm -hmm. are compelled to move in that direction so that's going to happen more often than not yes yes i i I never take for granted that that i am the minority of people who desire to stay away from that no matter what the cost you know what i mean like there's no amount of lack of success that would cause me to sell out you know what I mean? I mean, oftentimes that is what people are working towards. They're working towards reaching that point where they can sort of like mm-hmm. automate their cha- channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 I understand that because there's a certain security in like the the formulaic fashion of the corporate environment or the what we're calling the corporatization of YouTube content. Um, and I understand that, uh, but. It's like you it's like musicians, you know, musicians can find a lane and then find the formula to be good in that lane and just keep recreating that or they can keep expressing themselves in new and innovative ways that keep people interested. You know what I mean? And I feel like content creators are very much like artists in that respect and they suffer from the same, you know, what I mean, the same tug of war. Between do I go corporate or do I maintain a, a certain authenticity to to the 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 path I led up until now, you know? Mm-hmm. Every creator should hope they get to the point where they have to ask themselves that question. Actually, absolutely. I want to be asked that question just so I could turn it down. I want to be offered that. Because that is a milestone in and of itself to even have the option. Absolutely. The offer is a huge milestone. I 1,000% agree with that. And it's funny because I have definitely been known to achieve things only to turn down the final reward. (laughs) To go through the whole rigor, all of the hard work, get to the very end and be like, I got what I came for. Bye, guys. I'm not here for, for all of that stuff. You guys split it up. Yeah, it's important to know what you want in this life, and 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 it's important to choose to do that. It's a it's a pra- it's a practice of self control that I think is it, it's enriching. You know, you, you'll find out a lot about yourself when you do stuff like that, and people will find out a lot about you. You know what I mean? Like I've I've garnered a lot of goodwill by just staying true to my goal and not taking the excesses that I wasn't even working towards. You know, but yeah, that's just me. Um, yeah, one of these days the, the the community is gonna is is gonna just really stop consuming these trash content creators that show such the same ill will towards their patrons that the video games are showing towards gamers, and gamers are going to stop patronizing them the same way because you you know there was a backlash against you know crack dealers when people found out what was happening to the community you know what i mean like you can only push poison on people for so long before they realize like hey hey cut that shit out dog like you're you're part of the problem here 
You know, like you can't be over here facilitating all of this poison in the community, all of these toxic games. You know what I mean? Pretty much propping up video game companies to 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 further um, squander what 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 little goodwill their companies have when their developers are just trying to make games. You know, like there is still a, a separation between the game developers and the management where. You know, a lot of these these uh, these companies are are detrimenting their their workers. So we there's gonna be there's gonna be backlash against the content creators that are that are perpetuating this. And you know, it's sad because it doesn't have to be this way because there's still a huge market for their content. They just want to take the easy formulaic way out, and that is take a bunch of sponsorship from janky ass companies. Because they are more willing to put money into their marketing than into their games. You know? What's really funny is, like, such is the nature of YouTube. That shit goes in cycles, right? Mm -hmm. Inevitably, if you fuck up bad enough, there will be another YouTube channel dedicated to detailing your entire fuck-ups. Yep. Oh, it's so true. It's one of them things that you ain't even really got to worry about it. Yeah, they're going to do that because, of course, a lot of people are going to take the path of least resistance. But that for sure was just going to inspire another content creator to be like, you see what these motherfuckers over here are doing? Yep. And, and yeah, so it's a very interesting environment. You know, even when you're fucking up, you're making bread for someone else. You know what I mean? In that in that in that space. And so, yeah. It's going to be interesting, but the video game industry as a whole is going to be moving in a very, very uh, interesting place in the next couple of years. And I've been saying that for months now, but um, yeah, we're starting to see some of that stuff, uh, that maturation come, come, come around. And, you know, ugh, I'm looking at Microsoft, man, and they just made that huge acquisition and all that stuff. And I, they just recently had a, um, a showcase of what's coming up in the next year for them trash leak bro like one good game like there's a bunch of hype beast games that's it all they got is hype beast games and they don't even look interesting there's just a bunch of janky ass first person shooters like microsoft boy oh man the next year but then again i i I will say they probably need more than a year to capitalize on an acquisition this large um yeah there's a lot of restructuring that's gonna happen and man you could tell you could tell it's all bullshit hype beast crap because Everyone is talking about, did you see the Microsoft show? But nobody could talk about their favorite part of the show. <laughs> they talk about what's in the show, but nobody will tell you what their favorite part of the show is. It's all just rundowns. No, like, this is this is what we're waiting for. It's like, oh, okay, got it. I know what kind of journalism this is. You know what I mean? And, and, and I hope that a, a lot of people are picking up on that, that this shit is jank what came out of that Microsoft fucking showcase. And Sony is smashing them over the head because after what um, Sony showed with Final Fantasy 16, um, Super Street Fighter 6, all of this shit, Xbox is Xbox looking terrible. Um, but what I'm waiting to see is Switch because that's my personal console of choice is... Uh, is is the switch these days and so i'm looking forward to see what uh what nintendo shows on their next direct that'll be interesting because they already announced another pokemon something like scarlet and violet i think is coming out um and some a couple of other things but i'm waiting to see what their official releases say but yeah other than that let's just do a quick uh rundown of what happened over the uh the weekend in the news so we can wrap up um in international news it was really interesting um we had several so they had uh an international summit called uh the um i think the the meeting of the meeting of the americas 
or or, or something of that na- uh, nature. But it was a, a council of all of the the major North and South American nature uh, nations meeting up, and uh, America, of course, is the uh, being the the primary um, in uh, in invitation sender. Uh, decided to not invite, I think, Venezuela and Cuba. And uh, so Mexico decided to abstain and said, no, man, this is not a meeting of the Americas if you don't invite two of the most powerful uh, uh, South American and Central American and Caribbean uh, economies. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you can't just keep excluding them. The rest of us want to do business with them. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. You don't like them. But you do realize the rest of us have to do business with them or we want to do business with them. So you excluding them from a summit of the Americas where we talk about trade relations isn't beneficial to anyone but yourself. And so uh, Mexico took a stand. And, you know, I think it's I I think that's a a powerful statement. You know, I think that internationally, they uh, countries need to put America into uh, a stress position. Because I think that the time in which we could just go and start a war to get out of it is gone. And it's not because other countries back us down. But I just don't think that the American people have the appetite for it. I really don't. Do, do, what do, you, do you think that that, that would really pop off in America? Like, do you think that an unjustified war could be perpetrated on the American people again? Uh, not really. It would be a lot more difficult um, than last time. Mostly because high-speed internet, and just the the climate is completely different now. And the people are just so dissatisfied with the government that, you know, things aren't going well enough for them to forgive them going into another war, I would think. I think it would make a lot more people uh, uh, pretty disgruntled, I think. I mean, because I feel that way, but that is also me being hopeful. That's the hopeful position, because the historical position is, is that they have, American people have been duped into, like, five wars like that's pretty major like getting like having your public duped into a single war is a pretty major thing americans have literally been lied into five wars over the last hundred years lied to we know like that's not even conspiracy theory like we know pentagon told us like hey guys just let you know tells me is the people perpetrating have just been getting better at it Every single time. Exactly. So that's why I feel like the idea that we would not allow an unjust war to happen um, is the hopeful position. Right. But that's also okay. why I said the main difference is high-speed internet. The yeah, last no, no, time no, it I, happened I'm was, agreeing with you. Was I, before, I just, before... I'm acknowledging was, that that was... was yeah. Before it was so easily to just, you know... Like, much more people know that they're lying now than they yeah. did at any other point previously in time. Sure, True. other people, like, I'm sure as many people suspected that the government was lying, but, you know, now there's actual proof that real people can point to and have it not be a conspiracy theory. Like, oh, no, look, they're actually fucking up. Here's something. There's them saying one thing that they were going to do last week, and then here's them doing the opposite this week. So... It's one of those things where... I think a lot more people are just... They're not being... There's no safety net. Like, it's easier to get people to to say, hey, you know, I don't like this. I'm not pro-war, but the government wants... You know, is saying that this is what it has to go, and the government actually, you know, pays for my medication. And, you know, government has subsidies on my... You know what I mean? Like, when there's a safety net that's helping people, the government is 
able to call on the public to fight for them a lot more, and, and that safety net has been eroded it's majorly. A give and take. Yeah, you know, and and so that give and take has been eroded maximally at this point. There's the safety net in America is paper, paper thin, to the point where you know, just a, just out of random question. How many people do you think partake in the social safety net in America? Oh, probably a lot. Just just guess. Guess a number out of the 135 million people. I mean, I'm sorry, oh, 335 million like, uh, people. 40%? No way. That's the crazy part. See, this is what I'm saying. You know, only about 3 million people partake in the social safety net. You know that, right? Like oh, 3 million. Than I expected. Way less. It's like 2%. Or and and when I talk about the social safety net, I'm talking about unemployment and uh and food benefits it's a very small percent but yet we we somehow think that it's some huge number like the the safety net in this country is paper thin dog like we don't help a lot of people in this country at all yeah it makes sense i mean why you know? help people when you can just pocket the money that was supposed to go to helping them and so there i think what they're thinking is is that those poor people will go to the military you know what i mean but I don't know if that's the, the, the temperature of poor people these days. Nope. The military has been having is. a hard time recruiting for years now. Yeah, like that's like not the temperature it's anymore. It's really hard to sell people on that bullshit. It's, like if they it's, just, want... it's like straight up desperation that nowadays that leads most people into going to the military. It's not really like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. It's like either you're born into a military family or desperation mm -hmm. usually. The biggest, if they want to, if they wanted to or increase military enrollment, I think the number one thing they would do is institute uh, a basic income, so that the the poor people in this country aren't so destitute that they hate the government. They need, as you said, there has to be some give and take. If there, if if it's all take and no give, there's the the system is going to fall apart. When it comes to governance. And so I think that we're at a point where they're going to have a hard time um, mustering any kind of military force. And so this goes all the way back to my original point is that the rest of the world, I think, would it's in their best interest to put America into a stress position because the likelihood of us actually going into a war is very low because we don't have the recruitment for a war. We have the we have all the machinery. Like if we had the human bodies for it, like if we could go hire Chinese militia to 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 um be our military force, I'm pretty sure America would be fine. But I just don't think China would allow their enough of their people to to be hired out that way, um to be effective for America. But um, you also have to remember that war isn't always the best option. You can. Yeah, but America is a country a lot easier without uh, all that, you know. But war is something that America likes to do, even if it's not the best option. Sure, sure, but it's one of the. No matter how much you like to do it, the pros have to outweigh the cons if you're mm -hmm. going to go into it, because there's a lot of automatic cons that come with war. You but this is what scares me: is what if they were able to? What if they were able to hire twenty thousand Nigerian mercenaries? And marry that with their with the American Navy and drones. I think America would be perfectly happy to to use that as a, a military force. 
or and I say just I'm, I'm just thinking of a country that has positive relationship with America that would also have a population that would be willing to be hired out as mercenaries, uh, whatever. Australia, Australia could be that that population for all for you know. It, this is what scares me about the future of of warfare is that America is really good at outsourcing. And they're really I mean, good at, at if doing it makes stuff you feel like better. The future of warfare isn't with the infantry, infantry troops anyway. You don't think that's going to have a, a, a small contingent of infantry troops well, back to well, yes. I'm not tech? saying they're going to do away with them, but I'm just mm. saying it won't be the the primary focus of any main operation. It'll most likely be like a small contingent in a room Sweeps somewhere. in afterwards, right? Like they call that it massive too. havoc with There's like a small drones, contingent on the back line that's operating all the machinery and a small contingent on the front line that's doing the cleanup. Yeah, and so that what what scares me is that they can get that anywhere. So if even if the American people said, "Nope, we're not going to war." The military industrial complex could very easily wage war around the world without American people knowing. They also don't need your permission either. I mean, technically they do. Technically not literally. Obviously, yeah, yeah. literally, they don't need On your paper. Permission. Sure, yes. Yeah. There are rules, just like how you're not supposed to yeah. storm the Capitol, and how there are rules against trying <laughs> why, to why not certify the election. <laughs> because it's like, yeah, know, there are rules think... against a lot of things, but clearly, the yeah, the world that we currently live in are you make your own rules, and if you can succeed in doing it, congratulations. Yeah, you know, and so, uh, yeah, it it just it it leads me to worry about um you know the future of things and if if the future of warfare is that amorphous then you know the world does have to be worried about putting america in a stress position but if you're talking about the world economy it needs america to do to to change its position from the dominant position it has been because it it has not been a good steward of the world economy it I mean, that, does that sound far-fetched to say that America hasn't been the best steward of the world economy thus far? Nah, but, you know, you know, so I, I don't believe that that America's trying to do that in the modern agreed. age. Agreed, but from the perspective of the rest of the world, it would be in their best interest then for America to have to switch from this dominant position to, to more of a stress position. Because if, if not, then, you know, it's just going to mean more toppled governments— you know, more fucking Juan Guaidos running around and, and, and pretending to be leaders in countries while America ramshackles their economy. Like, you know, and, and I'm pretty sure nobody wants to see more of that. You know, especially, well, I shouldn't say nobody wants to see. No one outside of America wants to see more of that. You know, there's only a very small contingent of ghouls in the American um, government that is dead set on seeing that outcome happen for, for uh, you know, the rest of the world. And so, yeah, we, we need to fight against that as vehemently as we can, because if they win, they don't just stop with, with the rest of the world. They use that to then dominate us. So, yeah. With that being said, we'll go ahead and we'll wrap up on that note. Appreciate everybody for joining us. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to subscribe to us on Anchor.fm or on Patreon.com. You could also find us on the social media on Twitter at Korea underscore T or at Home Heron. You could also find us on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast. And you can find me on Instagram at RicoGVO. And always remember, guys, time's only wasted if you choose to waste it, so learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thanks again for joining us, and have a great one, guys. Peace out. Take it easy.